But hey, guys, I appreciate you coming. I heard they actually told you guys that I was going to preach today, so I appreciate everybody still coming this morning. Um, but yeah, I am Zach. I've been a part of this church for a really long time. And um, we're going to do something this morning that I know we're not supposed to do in church. Um, we're going to talk about a little, a little science and a little math this morning, okay? And I know, I know, I know it's sketchy in church. So, um, but okay, we're going to start out with this. I want everybody to just take a moment and think of the largest number you can possibly think of. Just and go with me here. Sit. Think about the largest number you can possibly think of. I know we have some central graduates in here, so it, we're probably looking at 100, maybe 105 here. <laughs> but um, trust me, class 01. So, um, but did you know whatever number you came up with, did you know this is absolutely nowhere close to infinity? And like, did you know like if you were born, like just think about this for a minute. Like if you were born, and the minute you were born till the time you died, let's say you lived till you're 100 years old and you just counted every second of every day. Whatever number you came up with is absolutely nowhere close to infinity. Which is a mind-blowing idea of infinity. And I'm gonna tell you guys like, uh, this started for me, like this, this thought process, I think it's something we deal with as Christians, but, but I actually watched this documentary, because um, like I said, nowadays you're an expert if you watch a documentary or listen to a podcast, so that's where we're going this morning. Um, I watched this documentary on the idea of infinity, and uh, it was basically mathematicians and scientists struggling with this idea of infinity, because like, does fin infinity actually exist in a science and math type world? And the, re and the reality is, like, when you think of numbers, the, the reality with numbers is there's always one more, which means there is an infinite amount of numbers that you can continue to count, but then there's nothing really in this physical world that you can count to get to infinity. And it's hard to realize with the concept because, like, infinity plus infinity equals infinity. It's like this hard topic to wrap your mind around, and as mathematicians and scientists who have to have like the real data in front of them, it's, it's a struggle, and it was so interesting to listen to them talk about the idea and the reality of is there, can they prove infinity? And then one of them said something that was really interesting, because there's obviously the first idea that you can always just continue to count things. But then the other idea is, and this is where it may get off the rails, guys, because I like I said, I watched the documentary halfway through twice before I fall asleep. So that's where I'm getting my facts, okay? But the best way I understand calculus, and they explain calculus to me, at the core of calculus is infinity. Because when you use calculus to like try to figure out complicated problems, like what is the arc of something, like a bullet or a ball as it blows through the wind, how do you compute that? The only way they can compute that is through calculus, which means you take something like this that's moving on a line like this and you break it down into an infinity amount of points on that line and then break that math out and it's easier math, apparently, to do that math. But the idea of is that for them to figure out these complicated problems, and like I said, the computer works the exact same way when they're figuring out things like that using calculus, that they have to use the idea of infinity points on anything to do the math and then break it up into smaller problems. 
And so most of the mathematicians at the end basically said, infinity has to be real because mathematically, technically, it is real because we have to use it to use calculus. And I thought that was really interesting. And then the other interesting part was where they went on to the scientists, like the scientist side, where they just discussed infinity with scientists. And, and, you know, obviously there's nothing in this physical world to explain infinity, right? Like everything that we know is big, like the exercise we just did. Like if you say, how many grains of sand are there on the ocean, on the beaches? It's, it's a lot, but it's still nowhere close to infinity, Right? It is measurable. There is a certain amount of it. But as they talked, you know, and, and, and listening to these scientists that are so much smarter and using words I don't understand, but they basically were saying, like, the thing is, though, like, if this universe that we see, and these are scientists who are telling me about this, like, have you heard about this web telescope that's taking pictures of deep space that we've never seen before? And they say that the picture they're taking is billions of years old because that's how long it took for the light to get to the lens. Now, I'm not here to get into a long day, short day creation thing, but here's the reality. Space is huge, like bigger than we can even imagine or fathom that light takes that long to get there. Like when you flip a light switch and how fast the light turns on, it is taking years and years and years for that light to hit the lens that we're taking a picture on. The immenseness, the, the bigness of space is massive. And hearing these scientists talk about the idea of infinity, and like they said, one time they said, they said, if out there is not infinite, then like, what is it? Like, are you just hitting a, we got all this space like in a glass box and eventually you hit a wall? And like one scientist said, she said, well, the reality is, even if it is like we're enclosed, like all of space as we know it is enclosed in a glass, there still has to be something outside of that. And the only way that they really proved infinity, and this is, now, now we're getting real sketchy, but it's the best way to understand it. Like I said, I watched it twice before I fell asleep, all right? When you look at Einstein's theory of relativity, the only way that it makes sense is that if you accidentally fell into a black hole in space, that you are infinite, you're an infinite time of time because time and time does not exist and that you're infinitely just floating there. And it's the only way that the theory of relativity makes sense. And for me as a Christian, believing what I believe and believing in a God that I believe in, to hear scientists and mathematicians talk about like, there are certain problems here we cannot figure out without introducing an idea that is hard to, to make sense. To me, it shouldn't be surprising, but it was amazing to hear. And I think one of the things in this world is it's so amazing to be in a world with the technology we have to really get a better understanding. And I mean, not a better understanding, but to realize how much bigger this God is than maybe we realized. 500 years ago, we thought the earth was flat. And we're sitting in a time where we're shooting stuff into space that's supposedly billions of light years away. And to realize that we have a God that created all of this. That we have a God that is eternal, that is infinite. And for me, it's, it's, it's hard to fathom. And I think for me, 
the thing about this infinity, the thing about this eternal, it is something that we talk about. It's something we use. If you read through this book constantly, how many times in the New Testament does Paul refer to just blessings from the eternal God? Or, or, or we talk about eternal life and we throw these words around like, like, like it's, it's just so common. And sometimes I think it's good for us to sit back and, and grasp the enormity that is God. And what that means in our life. Like I said, I heard on the, on the radio on the way here a song, and it said, your mercy is like the ocean unending. And when I was thinking about this sermon, I was like, in comparison to what God is, the ocean is, not, the ocean is nothing. The ocean is small. And I think it's hard for us to wrap our heads around that idea because so many times we use things that we can see to compare to God but the things that we see are so much smaller. Like I said, so many times when we talk about infinity, we try to use numbers to define infinity when infinity, you can't because it's infinite, right? And in the same way we are so bound by time, we try to use our own thoughts about time to define eternal when it's so hard because in eternity there is no time. And I know, listen, guys, I know I sound like your college roommate that was maybe smoked a little too much right now. But here's my point about this. And, here's, and I guess here's where I'm going. Is the reality is, I think lots of times, my world is very, very small. I literally spend 99, probably 0.9% of my time in a one-hour radius from this church building. And I think sometimes what I do, I think the problem is what I do is I get so caught up in the everyday mundane things of this life and the grind of this life. And I, and, I, and I can do the what. Like I know what I'm supposed to do. I know where I'm supposed to be and really maybe how I'm supposed to do it. But I think sometimes I forget why I'm doing it. And I think for me, sometimes it's good for me to take a step back and think about this God and the, how big he truly is. You know, and really this goes back to, there's, a, there's another theme, and I don't know if theme's a good word for it, um, but there's a term that's used over and over throughout the Bible, over, on the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we're going to read one of that from, from Proverbs, and it's about the knowledge of God. And the knowledge of God is kind of this all in companies, like big, big term, because many times it's used like as just the knowledge of God, knowing God. And also it's used of like the knowledge of what God knows. And it also is a term that is used as we grow and like we grow to, to know him more, to understand his love more, to, to as we grow in our faith, we understand God. And I think what sometimes what I want to focus on this morning is that basic knowledge of who God is as the creator. Almost where you were curious and maybe before you were Christian, you were like just looking around and looking at stars and say there has to to be something else. And I think so many times for me, I, folk, I talk about all these other things and I, and I get caught up in the everyday world about like, okay, what is it I'm supposed to do to be a Christian? And I forget to just sit back and realize how big God is. And let's read a couple of these real quick. Proverbs 2, chapter 2 says this, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. 
Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And I love the way it describes that idea, that knowledge of God, that it's like a hidden treasure that we search for. And then I think as we move on, if you flip over to Romans, and like I said, I'm jumping around here quite a bit, but if we jump to Romans 11.33, it has a very similar verse where it says this. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. And what I just love about these verses as I think about this is it describes this knowledge of God as just this, as a treasure, as something we seek out, as something we learn. And I just feel like so many times in my life, I keep looking like for all these little ways to make my life better, all these little ways to make my life easier, and, like, and looking at it almost like task by task by task and thing by thing by thing. And sometimes I just forget to take a look back and maybe look up at the sky and just realize how big of a God I'm following. What an eternal God means for my life. Because like I said, I think the problem is, especially like maybe when we've been in church for a really long time, that these words that we say, like eternity and infinite, and knowledge of God, I think sometimes they just roll off their tongues without hitting our heads or our hearts of the magnitude of the statement we're making. And I think many times I know in my own personal life, when I sit back and I think about the actual magnitude, the actual meaning of the words that I'm saying, it takes care a lot of the what I'm doing where so many times I focus on the what it is I'm doing, I kind of forget about the why. And I think what it does when we take, when we take God and we make sure that we put him in the proper perspective and we understand that like, even though we see things that we can compare him to, that we use these physical things that we see to compare God to, that he's just so much bigger than that. When we do that, I think it should change our perspective on life. It should change the way we look at things. I'll give you guys my favorite perspective story. Okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real honest. I'm gonna get, make a confession here this morning, okay? I've punched a missionary in the face. I have. And you know what the reality is? I'd do it again. Like, that's bad, right? That sounds wrong, right? Like, it's like, Zach, that's probably a sin. But here's the thing. The missionary was my brother. And you probably would punch him too, okay? But you see, perspective changes everything. And I think the greatest perspective biblical story that I've always, that I guess for me that I've always thought about and I've always thought is the, is the story of Saul and Paul. You know, Saul was a guy who's devoted his whole life to the Jewish church. His whole life, he was following God in his eyes. And the thing about Saul is he saw Jesus. 
and he thought Jesus was a liar. He thought Jesus, everything Jesus stood for was wrong. And he devoted his life to getting rid of this church that Jesus started called The Way until he was on the road to Damascus to do that exact same thing when Jesus revealed himself to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And if you don't know the story, Saul went on to become one of the greatest missionaries. He wrote probably half the New Testament, started so many churches, churches upon churches, and spent his life, really had a hard life, spent most, a lot of his life in prison, chased after, tried to be killed by the Jews, And the thing that changed was his perspective on who Jesus was. And I think lots of times for me, my world is so small and I make it so small that sometimes I take God and I make him a lot smaller than he really is in my own mind. And I don't take time to look at the fact that how big and infinite and eternal this God is and my perspective on life when I take God and make him smaller maybe isn't exactly in the right place. Because the reality is when we have a perspective on an eternal God and we have a perspective that we are going to live eternally, I think our lives should look different than a lot of people who don't think they're going to live for eternity. I think so many times I focus on the what am I supposed to be doing of life and I forget the why I'm doing it. And like how do I make this decision about what I'm supposed to do and I don't focus on the why it is I'm doing it. You know in Hosea they had a very similar deal where in Hosea this is a... um, they were rebelling against God. We had two kingdoms at this time. Um, and they were rebelling against God, but the thing was they were still doing a pretty good job of uh, doing burnt offerings. Like, they were doing the what of they were supposed to be doing, but, but their heart wasn't in the right place, and they were continuing to rebel against God. And this is right before the, the Assyrians come in. And, and God spoke through Hosea, and he said this. He said, for I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. And I think when we get our perspective right, when we focus our hearts and our minds in the right areas, we stop focusing so much on the what and we look at the why because I think when we get our hearts and our minds in the right place, we start, the what takes care of itself. When we start thinking of our lives as eternal lives, when we start thinking of our, our God as, as big as he truly is, I think it changes a lot of things about us. I'll tell you what, one thing for me is it gives me a lot of hope. It gives me a lot of hope when I see my problems and I realize that, like I can say there's a God bigger than me, but sometimes when I look up the stars and I go, this God is so much bigger than I ever imagined. It gives me hope that, that, he, that he can handle my problems, that he, can, that he is with me. It, gives me. it gives me comfort to know, going forward in life, that no matter what happens, no matter how hard life gets, that if nothing else, it's, it's nothing. 
in the time that of, of eternity. Because like I said, we can't take time and think about it. You can't take time and measure eternity. And I think the deal is, like, just there's nothing in life that we can look at the same when we think of an eternal and infinite God. The reality is we probably shouldn't spend money the same when we're thinking about eternal life. Probably shouldn't spend our free time the same. Our life should not look like other people. Even when it comes to death, our view on death isn't the same, which in my belief should change the way we live. And I think it starts with having for our perspective in the right place. And if you flip over to Colossians, I want to read one more verse this morning. And it says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray. And this is in Colossians 1. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with love, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance in the saints of the light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. And as we grow in this knowledge, as we understand this knowledge, things like patience, kindness, this world starts to make sense. And I think for a lot of us that maybe, maybe you've been Christians for a long time, and maybe you feel like you've been stuck in a rut, maybe with your relationship, and I, I'll tell you one thing that's helped me is to stop for a minute and go back to the basics of this knowledge of God. Just the basic thought of the creator God who created all of this, but yet cared about me so much that he gave his son for my sins. And I'll tell you what, it helps me cope with life. It helps me deal with life. It helps me deal with the everyday grind because I understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. I understand why I'm going out every day and it helps me when decisions come up in my life that are hard and that are tough and I don't know what to do. It puts it all in perspective. And I hope it does for you. And so what I'm asking you this morning is that you take some time and we focus going forward looking at this idea of God. And he is so much bigger than you can ever imagine him, him being. And we all know because we talk about every week the sacrifice he made for us. But don't forget that that sacrifice was by a God that you can't even wrap your head around. So many times we use like mountains and the oceans to describe this God that we have. And did you know that like we think about and we stand and we look at a mountain and it's so big. It's so enormous in front of us. But did you know that if you shrunk the earth down into the size of your hand, and you think about the tallest mountains in the world and the depths of the ocean, that if you shunk it down in the size of your hand, it would feel smoother than a pool cue ball. That a pool ball on a, cue, on a, a pool ball would have more imperfections than earth would if you shrunk it down to the same size. That's how big of a God is. And he is sacrificed his son. He has created all this, but he cares about you so much. 
And I hope and I pray this week as we go out that we can focus on those things. We can focus on how big the God is, and I hope that it gives you hope. I hope it gives you strength. I hope it moves you forward, and I hope it changes each and every one of our lives.